was going to do a New Year's text. One of the great famous preachers of all times was Charles Spurgeon. And he had an old friend of his that used to send him a text every year for New Year's. He never picked it himself. His old friend picked it. I don't have a, quite an old friend like that. <laughs> I had to pick my own. So we're in Romans chapter 5 today. And also we'll be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and Romans chapter 5 for our text today. New Year's text as we turn our thoughts to this new year that's in front of us. Long time ago when I was milking cows every day, twice a day, back on my uncle's farm, I had something there that I never went without. That was my milking stool. It was a special one, it's a one-legged milking stool. You'd strap it around your waist and it had a wooden seat and a metal leg attached to it with a little spring on the end. When I was milking cows, I squatted down and sat next to the cow. So you sat on a one-legged stool and balanced yourself on your own two feet. It worked real good. And when I was young, I could jump right up and get out of the way when the cows were fidgety, you know, like they're about to kick you. A couple times I didn't get out of the way in time, but uh, most of the times I did. It was quite stable. One leg of the stool on the floor and my two legs made three legs. Three points of contact on the floor was always stable as a regular part of my milking habits. I still have that milking stool somewhere. It's just a memory of younger days when I was more agile than I am now. <laughs> In one of the Apostle Paul's most famous passages 1 Corinthians 13, he said there are three things. There are three main ingredients in the Christian experience. He said that they were faith, hope, and love, and that the greatest of these is love. Love is a very powerful force in the Christian life. Paul says it never fails. Faith is the entrance door to a relationship with Jesus. We hear that without faith you can't please God. It's impossible to please God. But the third ingredient is the one we talk about the least, and that's hope. Three ingredients, three points of contact, all are needed for stability, like my milking stool that went with me wherever I went. So there's three ingredients are needed all the time for stability in our lives. And I thought that a good sermon as we stand at the beginning of a new year and look ahead to 2021 would be a sermon about hope. Now, if you listen to the news, or if you listen to the government, though they may be one of the same, uh, you do not hear much about hope, do you? We hear from our politicians that a dark winter lies ahead of us. As they try to squash all hope. I must say, as the world out there tries to cultivate a culture based on fear and hopelessness, we as believers in Jesus need to get back to basics and to focus on those three stable things of which one is hope and grab a hold of it and use it as much as we can. 
And in this uncertain and confused world, we should shine a beacon of hope out into the darkness that surrounds us. Now, some people say, I want to be realistic. I want firm reality. I don't want to walk around with my head in the clouds. I'm not chasing some pipe dream. I deal with life as it comes to me and hope is for children. Well, if you think like that, you'll find men like the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul at odds with you. Hope is a real thing and a necessary thing, and hope has very positive effects on people who live in hope. So let's take a look at hope and see what the men of God said about it and how it will help us if we can get it straight. First, a definition right from the dictionary. The dictionary says hope is a feeling that is what is wanted will happen. Or to hope is to want and to expect that something good will happen. So, of course, hope looks ahead into the future. Along with that look comes a good feeling that something good will happen to us in the future. That's hope. It's not a pipe dream. It's not a figment of our imaginations. It's not wishful thinking. It is expectations and great expectations. Now let's see what the Bible tells us about hope. Romans chapter 5, I begin reading at the first verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. By faith, he says, by believing, we ask Jesus to forgive us and we have peace with God. We have a relationship with God. Jesus made us a part of his family. Therefore, we are allowed into the family treasures or we become inheritors of the family fortunes. And now we hope for what Paul calls the glory of God. That is, we have an expectation of being in heaven with God to see his glory. It's not just wishful thinking. We will actually be there in a place where streets are said to be made of gold, hmm? where gates are made of pearl, a sea of glass surrounding the throne of God, circled with a rainbow. But better yet, there shall be no more sorrow or death, sickness or tears, crying or pain, for all those things are banished in heaven. We shall be gathered with a host of saints and an innumerable company of angels. No need, it says, of the moon or stars by night or sun to shine by day, for Jesus is the light of heaven. My friends, if that looks good from here, what must it look like over there? Wow. Oh, yes, it's called a hope 
of glory, face to face with Jesus. What will it be when with rapture I behold him? We sing in the song, Jesus Christ who died for me. It's the hope of glory, the hope of heaven, the hope of endless bliss. And I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to focus on that. But there's more. If that doesn't appeal to you, <laughs> if all that doesn't tickle your fancy, if you're so earthbound that you're heaven blind, then let me go on one more step and add some more to the hope of heaven. And listen as Peter describes what it will actually be like to arrive in heaven. Here's what he says, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Huh. I've just had one of my greatest pleasures in life just a short time ago. That's to sit around the Christmas tree and watch small people as they grab the nicely wrapped Christmas presents and search for a name. And they see, I see the light in their eyes when they find their own name on that package. That's exactly what God has done for you and me. When we arrive in heaven, there are things waiting for us, reserved for us, things with my name on it. Your name on it. You want to know what are those things? I don't know. I don't know. It's just the same thing. You don't know what's in a package until you open it up, right? Is it a bank account? No. Nah. I know it's not that. Money has no value in heaven. It hasn't got much here, even. Is it maybe a key to a mansion? Maybe. Could be. Is it a deed to a piece of property on a lake or by a river on a mountain? Could be. Whatever it is, it's reserved for me. It's mine. It's waiting for me to arrive. God has planned to make my arrival in heaven a beautiful experience, welcoming and joyful, full of happy reunions and pleasures unspeakable. Now that changes heaven a little, doesn't it? <laughs> that makes you want to go. It fills me with hope. Hope. But stop for a minute. Because we have to think logically about things. There's nothing wrong with being logical and asking questions. And stop for a minute and ask this question. Is hope all contained in the hope of glory in heaven. Is that all our hope? If so, then I gotta ask another question, I just can't help it. I must ask, is hope just for after I'm dead? How does that help me now? I gotta get through life now. What do I do today? What do I do tomorrow and next week and this coming year? 
Am I left just waiting to die to fulfill hope? Well, that's a good question. So naturally, Paul, he's a genius. That's what the next thing he takes up. Next thing he answers. Chapter 5 of Romans, verse 2. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Hope isn't only for after we die. Here on earth, right now, he says, we're going to have troubles and trials. Life has difficult moments in it. So Paul says, we go through the trials of life patiently. We endure patiently going through the struggles of life. And by that, he says, we gain experience. Now, someone that has gained experience has become mature. And so we become mature, we grow up and have full maturity as we endure life's trials patiently. That maturity, he says, works out into hope. It's a funny thing to say, isn't it? That maturity works out into hope, but that's what he says. Experience brings hope. And what's the definition of hope? The feeling that what we want will happen. The mature life lives in expectation. Now we go to verse 5. Hope maketh not ashamed. He says hope won't make you ashamed. Or in other words, it comes to pass. Your hopes are fulfilled. It's not wishful thinking. It's hope. It's different. And why then are we suddenly so hopeful? Listen to what he says. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Suddenly, sometimes unexpectedly, God loves is pouring into your heart. You grow and mature and develop and suddenly you have an experience and you feel his love. How does that happen? He said the Holy Spirit opens the valve and starts to fill you up with the love of God. And you feel suddenly loved and accepted. And you feel cared for. And you feel watched over. And you feel secure. And you feel safe. And now you know that your future is in God's hands. And so naturally you're filled with hope. I know he cares for me. I know he loves me. I know he wants what's best for me. My immediate future now is suddenly filled with hope. And where does that hope come from? Jesus loves me. This I know. 
convinced of it. My future is secure and I'm filled with hope. That's before I die. That's not hope after I die. That's hope now. But my friends, sometimes our hope dies just because we don't believe. That's why. Do you want God to bless you? And you say, oh, I hope so. Our attitude is sometimes such that kills our own hope. Kills our own hope. We get so focused on the negative that it chokes out our hope. So Paul says, first, first, now when you hope, hope in God's glory, hope in heaven and what's coming in that glorious future. And he says, secondly, hope in his daily care. Why? Because he loves us so much, he wants to care for us. But now let's go on, shall we? Peter talks about more hope. Let's see what other hope there is. Peter, 1 Peter 1, Peter, apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He's writing a letter to people he calls them scattered. Strangers scattered. Who are these people? They are Christians who were driven from their homes, driven from their businesses, driven from Israel, driven from Jerusalem, and they're spread out all over Asia Minor because they were persecuted. That's who they were. That's who he's writing to. People who had a little bit of that trial and now have a lot of experience. And to those people, he says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to the abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To these people, he says, I got a lively hope. <laughs> Not a dead or dull hope. I got a lively hope. And Peter said that the resurrection of Jesus made him have a lively hope. And if anybody knew firsthand, it was Peter. Just before Jesus died, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. He did it three times in a row. And then a rooster crowed. And suddenly he realized he'd let Jesus down in a big way. And he fell into this deep despair. He fell into a dark depression. It says he went out and wept bitterly. Three days later, they told him the tomb was empty, and he ran to the tomb, and he didn't find anything. He was still in despair. But then suddenly, Jesus appeared to Peter. Every doubt he ever had melted into peace. Peter was transformed. He was changed. He describes how he felt. He says, now I've got a lively hope. Hope springs up in me. I can't suppress it. I can't help it. I'm so full of hope it makes me feel alive, energetic. I have a lively hope. I move with confidence into the future. 
Ever since Jesus walked out of that tomb, I'm so confident in him, in him that every moment of mine is filled with hope. I feel it living and springing up out of my heart. Hope is the secret, my friends, of a happy life. That's why it's the third leg on the stool. Faith, a boundless confidence in God, love, a cord that ties me to Jesus, and hope, my future is in his hands, and my life is in his hands, and my hope springs up because of his goodness and blessing. So how can the politicians pour cold water on that? My hope is built on nothing less we sang than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Amen. The year 2021 can begin with the hope of God's glory, a place in heaven and a reservation there waiting for me. And it can go on with the love of God poured into my heart, convincing me that he will take care of me. As Levi just sung, all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy who through life has been my guide? Though my weary steps may falter and my soul athirst may be gushing from the rock before me. Lost spring of joy I see. Amen. My hope can transform my life. It's a lively hope making for great expectations. What God has planned for me, I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out. Let 2021 be a year filled with hope, transforming lively hope. Let God bless you and let his goodness fill you with new hope. Don't give in to the hopelessness around us. It drags you down. It weighs you low. Don't give in to the dark despair that the world is preaching out there. It wants to kill you if it has a chance it would. There's a masterpiece of poetry that is written for a song. It's about hope, called Whispering Hope. And the last verse says this, Hope as an anchor so steadfast, its stability for you and I, rends the dark veil for the soul. He says the world wants to wrap you up in a heavy, dark curtain. Surround you in that heavy veil and just smother you. Smother the life right out of you. Hope is an anchor so steadfast. Rends the dark veil for the soul. How does it rend? Whither the master has entered. Robbing the grave of his goal. He went into that dark despair. He went into that darkness in himself. And it says he ripped the curtain in half and came back out, robbing the grave of its goal. 
The grave wanted to bring you down in despair and misery until you died. He went in and tore that thing apart. And he said, no more misery for my people. Come, he's saying, come glad fruition. Fruition is Jesus accomplishing these things for us. Come, Jesus, come to my sad, weary heart. Come, O thou blessed hope of glory. Never, never depart. And what does he do? He whispers in your ear, hope, hope, hope. Whispering hope. Oh, how welcome thy voice. Making my heart in its sorrow rejoice. Hope is the joy of expectation that a generous God will give us blessings and fill us and lead us and guide us through our life. May God fill you with his hope so you can be stable like a three-legged stool. In 2021, let your hope stand up. Let it rise up. God is near. He whispers in your ear, hope, hope, hope. These three remain, faith and love and hope. May you be filled with all three in 2021. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, it is a pleasure to think about you. Let our hope rise up knowing that the master has entered before us and took away the despair. And we are now bound to you by the cords of love with the confidence that you will help us, that you will bless us, that you're going to take care of your own. We ask you to do that. Show us, Lord. Bring those hopes to fruition. Guide us, and as the song we sang this morning says, feed us till we want no more. Bless us, strong deliverer. Be thou still our strength and shield. So we thank you. We thank you so much that you've given us so many reasons to be hopeful. Help us to rise above the darkness around us and shine a beacon out into that darkness and let people know we have hope in Jesus. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn books, if you would, please. Hymn number 28, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Standing as we sing, hymn number 28, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. He's number 28. Yeah. 
Lord, we know that your arm is the only sufficient thing that can bear us through any time, any day, anything that comes. May we not be drawn down by all of the things that are around us, the dark things that would veil our soul. May we be drawn up by the hope that is lively within us. May it be lively. May we have a love that shines out to those around us. May our faith be stronger this year than it has ever been, and our hope be stronger, and our love be stronger, and may we see what we are here for. May you give us that focus that we may see each day as a new opportunity. And Lord, no matter what comes, we know that you are with us all the way. You will guide us, and you had a plan. You were there walking beside us the whole time. We are thankful that you've cared for us up till this time, in the ages past, and we know that for years to come, that you are with us through every stormy blast, Lord. We are thankful for the hope that we have of heaven someday, that we might be there, and we know that that is a great and glorious place. And it is a place where we can be together with those special hopes, the gifts that you have for us, awaiting with our names on them. We are thankful for that. And we ask this year especially for your hand on our people. Protect those who are listening. Watch over all of us. We are thankful that we can be here in this place and amongst all of the places and opportunities that we have, we are thankful for those things. Protect them, bring them back safely to this place, we pray. Touch each heart that is out there, the spirit. May it go into the homes of the people who are listening. We know that they are gathered here in their hearts and their minds. And so we pray for all of these things and your protection in your hand on 2021. Thank you for how much you've cared for us. Give us hope, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.